0: Welcome to the Movie Heaven, Movie Hell Fright Fest special with me, Simon Aiken, and
1: Keith
2: Isles, and Mike Tack, and Clive Eshenden.
0: And we're four filmmakers who are going to talk about uh, the films we saw at Fright Fest this year. Indeed.
3: Fright Fest 2015, which is the 27th to the 31st of August, and uh, we, lo- we watched a lot of films in that time, didn't we?
1: Certainly did. Some some good, some average, some pretty poor. But not Indeed. too bad.
0: Would you say this was a better year?
1: Yeah, absolutely. 100%. I, th- not-
2: Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Well, definitely one of the best years I've, uh, you know, I've had going to Fright Fest. I think that it's, you know, the overall quality was really, really good. And having moved to the... Uh, the new environments of the view West end cinema in Leicester square last year. And things were still a bit in flux this year. Everything works. So it was, you know, it was great. Yeah. I'll second that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. Um, even though I wasn't going to be there.
1: What, how come you turned up Simon? Cause you said you weren't going to be there. You <laughs> sneaky person. Yeah, The
3: end of the, of the pre fight fest podcast, you <coughs> said that you wouldn't be going this year. So, Tell us about it, Simon. What happened?
0: Well, what happened was I turned up for the um, Fright Fest quiz the night before. And I was having such a good time that I thought, shit, I can't can't miss it. Because otherwise I'm just going to be, you know, at home or wherever I was sort of, you know, being rather annoyed that I wasn't there. So, uh, yeah, I um, actually bought a ticket um, uh, from... Uh, a couple who were there, uh, their friend couldn't make it. A chap called uh, Dermot O'Connor, who um, he had to stay behind to look after his grandfather.
1: He had a bizarre gardening accident, didn't he? No,
0: he didn't. No, he unfortunately had his, um, you know, tickets booked, his hotel, everything, and then his um, grandfather got ill, so he couldn't uh, couldn't make it down. Unfortunately. But uh, I was just happy that, uh, some, you know, he got some money back for that. Yeah. And we
3: were happy to have you there, Simon. Oh, thank you. Yes. Were Indeed.
0: we? Yeah. Uh, I was. <laughs> right.
3: uh, I was. It, even though the Fright Fest, though, was incredibly enjoyable and a uh, really fun time, there was some sad news <laughs> that weekend, wasn't there?
0: Yes, there was. Um, Wes Craven passed away.
1: That was on the Sunday, which is, was it Sunday or the Monday? Monday, the last day, wasn't
0: it? Uh, It was Monday, yes. Yeah. Yeah,
1: Yeah, very
3: sad.
0: Yeah.
1: So
3: he will be missed, and no doubt at some point in the future, we will talk about Wes Craven, I'm sure, but uh, he definitely deserved special. Yeah, Yeah, well, uh, yeah, very funny. But he he definitely enjoyed, uh, you know, uh, he definitely deserved mention, is what I'm trying to say, on this podcast.
1: Yeah, well, if you think about it, he reinvented himself over different time spans of his career. You know, he'd had the early days with uh, Last House on the left and uh, the really sort of nasty edge, edgy stuff he was doing with, like, the hells of Eyes. Then a few years passed, and then he reinvented himself with uh, Freddy Krueger, who's, you know, if you create a horror icon like that, I mean, that's amazing. And then he does it again a few years later with Scream. So, um, and with a few cool films in between, so he's actually, you know, he's actually an absolute legend, really, in terms of horror film. He's up there with Carpenter and Argentine Yeah, I I agree. Absolutely, (laughs) his early work.
0: I mean, he's really going to be missed. I mean, we, you know, there won't be any more films from him now, which is is such a loss.
1: Well, he was seventy-six, so. It had to have had to stop eventually. I mean, look what yeah. look what a Carpenter does at his age now. It's pretty ropey compared to his 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 heyday, but I actually think it's interesting that Wes Craven, as I said, he he managed to ma- maintain some consistency and despite going through times when he probably wasn't flavor of the month, and especially if after you know having a lot of success with to come up with some other i really cool ideas that he, that he did do was you know very creative and imaginative uh person so
0: yeah and he was very supportive of other filmmakers i mean uh i remember for a long time sort of during the 90s you always see wes craven presents you know and putting yeah. his name above a, a film like that helps get it out there
3: yeah no absolutely yeah. absolutely and uh like you said, he did reinvent himself. What, what I always found quite interesting was the fact that they then bought out the spoof, you know, the, the like scary movie films. And I thought to myself, <laughs> they kind of missed the point here because Scream was kind of a pastiche on that other work anyway. <laughs> mm. so, well, yeah.
0: originally Scream was going to be called Scary Movie. Yeah, but exactly. They couldn't get the names, they couldn't get the name, the rights to the name. So they had to go with Scream instead.
1: Yeah. The only thing, the only thing that really worries me is that. With the with the sort of people we've got today, you know, if you think of all the classic horror films we grew up watching and all those directors, and before that they had Hitchcock. We, you know, if all, if all we've got to fall back on is M. Night Shyamalan, that worries the shit out of me.
0: <laughs> oh god, yeah, he's got a, a found footage film coming out, isn't he? he oh, is, yeah, yeah.
2: It's, it's up to us. It's up to us then, isn't it, to pick up the torch, right, guys? Yay! yeah. That's, That's what That's I like to hear. Absolutely.
3: Watch this space, listeners—or oh, sorry, listener. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, well, saying that, we 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 certainly have more than one listener because we met a couple of them at Fright Fest. So, indeed, it's good to know that people are listening to the show.
1: Yeah, I strong-armed that bloke that was unfortunately sat between me and Keith and forced press-ganged him into becoming a listener.
0: <laughs>
1: and his name was. Yeah, we did get, we, we spread the word a little bit and gained
3: a few more listeners, which is always good. So to those yeah. people, if they're still listening, thank
1: you. Yeah. yeah. Okay, who's going to go first? Because I don't want to go first.
0: All right. Uh, Clive, would you like to go first? Your pick for movie heaven.
2: My pick for movie heaven <laughs> is is The Hallow. And I, I'm am I right in saying that none of you guys actually saw this one?
0: no because it was at the discovery screen yeah
2: Yeah. i wish i'd seen it because it was on at the same time as
3: something else that wasn't Mm. particularly good that will come to so yeah Uh, i'm looking forward to when this does get a release which i believe is in november is that right
2: i think it's yeah it's it's definitely towards the end of the year and it's getting quite a big push so and i do know that clive was
1: very lucky that someone actually felt sorry for him and gave him their ticket for this this event, didn't it. Yes,
2: I'm. I'm indebted. To, I'm indebted to you, Mike. Um, because I could <laughs> I, I wasn't able to book a, a ticket for this one because it was one of the discovery screenings, and yeah. it sold out very quickly. But uh, Mike, having much better broad, broadband than me, than we as we've established over the past <laughs> few months, yeah. uh, was able to get in there. And get a ticket, and uh, yeah, uh, you you wanted to see some kind of hate, I think, instead. So so you let me. Yeah, get the that ticket. was really good. That was.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> this well, is we'll, going to be. We will
2: we will say for the listeners
3: uh, that this is going to be a spoiler-free edition of um uh, movie heaven, movie hell. So uh, uh, I'm saying that partly for my own
2: benefit because I don't want to actually know any spoilers from the hallow. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, none of you guys saw it, so I could make up anything here, couldn't I? I could say, say it was about this. It's about this couple that that live in an affluent apartment in New York, and every now and then a ghost pops up and goes, oh, "Hello." And, well, and, and, you know,
0: <laughs> <that> <laughs> the only worrying thing scary. is
2: we don't know whether it's any good, Clive, just because you're saying it's good, we actually don't know. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, have to, uh, you have to take take it on trust. Yeah. But yeah. not for long, because it's coming out soon. So yeah yeah I mean the hello this is one that came with a lot of uh bars off the back of a number of festival screenings um and uh i, I think and the, the reason the only reason it wasn't a main screen film i think there's a, a few like this is because it was kind of a, a preview screening i think rather than a premiere of some kind so even though uh, you had uh, director corin hardy there and uh you know a couple of the cast members um who did an interesting q a afterwards uh it, it wasn't being you know it, it was pushed off to one side but this is one of those films I wanted to see with a fright fest audience and I was so glad I did because you know it, it's, the, it's the best audience to see a, a horror film with anyway and um, yeah for me it lived up to the hype um I won't go into it too much but it sort of it involves uh, this uh, couple and their and their sort of almost newborn son who move to uh, a remote mill house in rural Ireland uh, because of Adam's job as a tree surgeon. And he's slightly complicit in the sort of destruction of the local forest and it arouses hostility for the locals and also something in the woods. So for me, this kind of works as like a real uh, sort of homage to uh, things like Lucio Fulci, uh, Evil Dead era, era Sam Raimi, uh, you've got like credits for fake shemps uh, at the end of the movie, uh, which should be familiar to all Evil Dead fans. And um, yeah, it's just it's just a really kind of uh, nerve shredding uh, movie with great great monsters, and I recommend it to everyone. What country did this originate from? It's a UK film, but uh, but it's it's set in uh, in Ireland, and it sort of plays off. UK and, and Irish sort of
1: folklore. Oh, an Irish horror film that actually is any good. That's a rarity.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, yeah. There was that um, that film quite a few years ago, wasn't there? About yeah, the Banshee was... and, and those really badly looking CGI uh, skeletons. Yeah,
2: Is that Scream of the Banshee?
0: It was, no. I know they had the Scream of the Banshee. I think it was like, it, it was kind of like sort of Evil Dead or... Along it had a similar title to that,
1: wasn't it, it called yeah. De Pile of Shite? <laughs> uh,
2: I, I will stand up for uh, the, no, raw meat, was
1: Here quite good,
2: go. I remember, uh, and uh, but I, I, I would stand up for Isolation, which I'm not sure is a Northern Irish or an Irish production, but that I thought that was really good. Oh, I didn't, okay. I felt like I was covering pig shit after watching that film. It was
1: so dirty and damp and everything, it was very well done. I'm the creature was a bit pony, though, wasn't it?
2: I thought I thought it was good. I thought that worked well. We, you only got it in glimpses and,
1: uh, yeah. Yeah.
2: We'll have to agree to differ on that then, Mike.
1: Yeah, yeah. Just for no. a change. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So the director was there, was he? Uh,
2: he was, yeah. Writer-director, Corinne Did, director, they, did they let
1: loose the budget? Any details on the budget? How much it cost or anything? Or
2: Not in... The, uh, I, I couldn't stick around for all the Q&A because I had to rush off to another screening. But, um, no, they yeah. didn't. But... Uh, it, you know it talks interestingly about sort of like themes and stuff and things i can't talk about without spoiling the film yeah so yeah, i yeah. won't
0: so uh i just want to know so at, um out of all the films that were at fright fest why was this the best one
2: i think it was it's 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 the best pure horror movie for me that i saw i mean there's there's other uh, there's other very good movies um I mean, some of which we're going to talk about um, mm. that I would, you know, some some of your guys' uh, picks I would definitely put in my sort of top five. Um, but a lot of them were more, uh, uh, they were either sort of genre mashups or they're more thrillers than they are horror movies. So for me, it was just great to see a really good UK horror movie. And I thought it, was, it might be the best UK horror movie since The Descent.
0: Oh wow! wow. Right. Okay, that pra- is
2: high praise price.
3: indeed. Yeah, and and Ooh. and uh, no, I mean I agree. There was a, a lot of um, good stuff to choose from this year. Uh, so much to the point. Do you want to give a little plug, Clive, for your uh, that the written review that you've done with your top thirteen films from Fright Fest?
2: Yes, uh, <laughs> I've 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 written an article for Rob Wicking's. Uh, excellent website, uh, excusesandhalftruths.com, dot com, and uh, called the Devil's Dozen unless he retitles it before he puts it up, um, which is my <laughs> top thirteen because uh, I thought it's such a strong year I couldn't really just restrict myself just to talking about top ten, so ah. I did I did mm-hmm. a top thirteen and I saw twenty two movies, so I think that's pretty good. No, very good.
0: So, Keith, what was your pick for Movie Heaven?
2: Right. Well, my pick from Movie Heaven.
3: Um, was a film that was shown on the second day, um, on the Friday, and it was the second film shown on that day. And it was uh, a fil- European premiere of a film called Landmine Goes Click. All right, bit of an odd title, I know. Um, but it was, whereas in the previous podcast, I talked about the fact that I really liked uh, Cheap Thrills because it was essentially sort of for people in one environment where some, you know, the tension really ramps up, you know, in a similar way, um, this was, it only really had sort of four or five main characters. Uh, the big difference being this was in the, out in the open, um, and it involves, uh, American tourists, uh, that are cross crossing desolate mountains in, in war torn Republic of Georgia. In fact, it is a Georgian film in the English language though, most of it, uh, and these three American tourists, uh, there's, there's basically a couple, uh, and, and his best man. And, uh, they, they, they're basically, as I said, they're in the middle of nowhere hiking. Um, they stop to take a picture, uh, a photograph, and one of them actually finds himself standing on a landmine. Um, and you know, it's one of these situations where, he just cannot move, um, you, you know, because he'll he'll set this off. And you, you, you know, again, I don't want to give spoilers away on this, but it, it, let's just say that it, it the friendship gets gets questioned. Um, you, you know, it it becomes very tense, and then a uh, basically a guy is out hiking with his dog. Um, and you know, comes across them, and of course they ask him for help, and he, he turns out to be a, a rather nasty character himself. And uh, it's one of those movies um which you sort of think is gonna be one thing, and midway through it, it turns into something else. In fact, there were quite this this seemed to be a, a a vogue theme this year of of movies setting themselves up to be one thing and, and halfway mm. through the second act. Uh, doing a bit of a 180 that you don't expect and and, and turning into something else. Uh, But I thought it was very effective. Um, You know, I know there were some people that didn't enjoy this film, um, but for me, you know, it it did have me on the edge of my seat and intrigued and interested the whole time. It's also quite interesting that this wasn't, I don't know what the budget of this film was, but it wasn't a... uh, Massive budget film, um, and it, it, it's. I didn't know that this guy uh, previously, but one of the, the the main actor in it was a chap called Sterling Knight, and apparently his background is he's one of those sort of Disney kids, this sort of squeaky clean Disney kid actor, um, and obviously this was a very very different role for him, uh, a much darker role. Uh, the film is very dark, as I said. I don't want to give away spoilers on this, but some pretty nasty stuff happens um, in it, and uh, I just thought it was really well done. Uh, apart from that, there were a couple of technical things, actually.
0: No, I mean, oh no, the, no, don't, don't, don't go into that. I mean, you told me this at Fright Fest, and I was watching the film after you guys, and I didn't see it. Did and you so not? Don't... No, don't don't ruin it for people. They it, yeah, just leave bastard. it be. All right,
3: all right. No, I mean, <laughs> hey, I'm praising the film. I'm calling it movie heaven. So I, you know, I'm not slanging it off.
0: Oh, you were so keen to tell. Me, oh yeah, yeah. Watch out for this bit. It's there's this technical moment which they would really spoil. Well,
3: I was just <laughs> very surprised. I was very surprised by it. But um, but but you know, uh, it didn't take for me. Even though I noticed this, it didn't take anything away from the film. Yeah. I mean, the film really worked. I bought into it. I bought into the story. I bought into the characters, uh, mm. and and it left me feeling, you know, quite uncomfortable about some things at the end. Um, so hopefully, this is this is enough not to, to spoil it, but to intrigue people to maybe go go watch it. Um, whether or not it's going to get a big release, I, I really couldn't say. Um, It is a pretty small, low budget film. I Um, doubt it.
0: I think it's been picked up by the fright fest label, isn't it?
3: Right. Well, good on them because, uh, you you know, it's, it's a film that, that I thought was, and and like Clive said, this year was a strong year. I had a lot of films, you know, after I watched this one, there are a lot of other films. I was thinking, Oh shit, maybe that should be movie heaven. I hope one of the (laughs) other guys picks one of those so I can talk about it, which you did on some of them. But, uh, I thought I'm going to go with my first sort of gut instinct. And this, this was the first film um, that got me, you know, thinking it was, as I said, it was the second second day. It was actually the fifth film we'd seen by that point. And it was the one that made the the biggest impact on me up to that point. So, um, so yeah, go check it out. Landmine goes click. I, I, I really enjoyed it.
0: I was just going to say that um, this film I nearly walked out of.
3: Wow. Okay.
0: Yeah. At a certain point and it was only because i i bumped into you guys before and you said oh it's really good that i sort of stayed and, and watched the rest of it
3: are you glad you did
0: i did yeah yeah um the third act really redeems what had happened at that point that made me want to walk out it was actually in my screening there was a few walkouts
1: i know exactly what it is because yeah. i made the comment outside to one of the Fright Fest organizers, I said that scene went on far too long. It was gratuitous. And he said, Yeah, the director's already actually picked up on that and he's gonna change it. Yeah. So Alright, oh, uh, right.
3: he's gonna re edit it, is he? Yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: So he sort of knows and but um, you know, it was just ridiculous how long it went on. It's just it was just a, I don't know. Even I, I must admit, I know people get close to the material when they're editing it and stuff like that. But even I thought, well, surely you would have picked that up. Do you know what I mean? You would have picked yeah. that up.
0: Well, maybe you just wanted to see how it would play.
1: Yeah, I mean, so, something... Well, it's something, a bit of a risk, this, isn't it? Some, something, and
3: this isn't yeah. a spoiler at all, but something I know that uh, I think me and Mike had some discussion about it after the, the film uh, in terms of, of of a photography thing Is The the actual opening credits are quite interesting because what it does, it establishes that, you know, they're in this foreign country and that they are in the middle of nowhere. And we couldn't figure out whether it was a really good sort of aerial drone shot or whether it was actually a model. And it was really difficult
1: to tell, wasn't
3: it?
0: Right. I I watched it. It was definitely drone footage. It
1: was. It was low quality, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, it it was just that weird thing. The it, just the way they shot it, it does it did make it look like a model.
1: Yeah. The other thing is, yeah, is that drone footage. Unless you get a really expensive one and you want to keep it level and that, they don't actually go as fast that cars can just trundle along at. And I noticed that in more than one film. So, yeah. in, from a filmmaking perspective, I've noticed that a lot of these films are. Doing a little bit of setting up the opening credits. It's a classic thing, you know, setting up with a bit of drone footage just to give you that sort of expensive feel. But it looked like the camera they used was a 720p camera or something. But, you know, fair play, they did it. Um, but.
0: Well, yeah, another film that used uh, drone footage at the beginning was Schizo Diabolico. And I have to right. say, um, it didn't help that how they were projecting it didn't look great either.
1: No, it didn't. And I noticed no. that that's something that you're going to see in a lot of low budget films.
3: Well, it gives it that expensive, like helicopter aerial shot feel. But uh, you know, I will say,
0: though, cop- I did see one short film where they used uh, drone footage very well. And that was for the Clemens Brothers surgery.
1: Yeah. 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 That's the point. You've got to use it creatively. Don't use it, yeah. just, you know, like for think it's a helicopter. Yeah
0: they were using it uh on you know going towards a stationary object instead of following a moving object like the those other two examples well you could yeah. see that
1: the car the footage was speeded up as well because the car was sort of nipping around the brake lights were going on erratically it looked like it was like a bit of benny hill like slightly speeded up and then you saw when it's finally got down to a it was close enough it sort of they corrected the speed now, maybe yeah. most normal people won't notice that, but I, I thought that stood out. That-
3: now, back, back to Landmine Goes Click anyway. It, it was mm. nice to see a Georgian low budget horror film that I thought, you know, was was horrific in, in you know, in its own way. And um, uh, I, I thought it was very effective. I can understand how some people think it crossed a certain line. Um, and uh, I, I totally get and buy into that as well. Uh, be interested to see which how it is actually released then, and if it's uh, if it's released as a as, as a, um, a re-cut uh, version of what we saw. But uh,
1: <clears throat> but but nonetheless,
3: uh, I found it very effective and very entertaining. So, mm. Landmine
1: goes click is my movie heaven. And I agree, that was nearly on my list. well, that is on my list. That's one of the top films I saw at Fright Fest, definitely. Yeah, um, definitely worth seeing. Right, well, do you want to hear my best one?
0: Yeah, go ahead, Mike. What's your pick for uh, Movie Heaven?
1: Um, it's a film called Rabid Dogs. Uh, and it's actually a remake of a 70s film done by Mario Bava, who originally started the film off and then I think had some production problems or someone snuffed it or something along the line. And then I think his kids then finished it. Or, But basically this film that he made is a bit of a, a sort of cult classic. And I would mm. not seen the original, so going into this, I thought, "Oh, this looks interesting," you know, because I quite like films that don't necessarily follow the total horror aspect. I like the crime thrillers, and this this is basically a remake, and it's uh, I think it's is it French Canadian um, language, so it wasn't in, in English. It is a, it is in French. It's yeah, it's a French it's, film, yeah, but it's yeah. Canadian though, isn't no, it? No, it's it's French.
0: Is it? It's French. Is it French? Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Oh shit, okay, I thought they were in Canada. Um, no. Okay, I'm going to have to check on that. If I had the programme, I would. Um, but, um, so what it is, it's a heist movie. So it's a it's set up that there's these guys who do this bank robbery. And what they do in order to effect their escape, they um, take on board in their car a couple of hostages. Um and it's effectively a road movie. It's it's very, uh, I don't know, it's sort of felt very similar to a bit like the Gecko Brothers when they were in From Dusk Till on the first part, you know, where they're on the road and they're trying to get away from the cops. Um, but this one is, is very stylish. It's beautifully shot. The, the, color, the, the quality of the acting is, is top-notch. Um, and it all leads up to a, a very, very interesting conclusion. And I like it because it's one of these films where, you know, when they lay little little clues throughout the film that later on you go, ah, that, that's why this was said or that's why this happened or, you know. That's that's what I liked about the film was that I'm always – everyone's looking for the twist and all this sort of stuff. And I was absolutely clueless pretty much until literally the the final 10 minutes of the film, if that. Um, and maybe if you'd seen the original, you probably know some of the story because apparently a lot of people said the original was better than this version. So I definitely need to track that down. Mm, me too. But, and I like the way that it had some bizarre, bizarre events on the journey. So it's not just about filling up with petrol and, you know, maybe the usual tropes of the you know cops have put a roadblock up or anything like this there was some there's a really bizarre thing that happens in the film which which i which then sort of leads you to think certain things are going to happen but it had a very sort of uh, wicker man-esque feel when it got to that part of the film so the film does move around emotionally and and thematically on this journey um and obviously you do get the usual things where well you know are these they're all criminals are they gonna are they gonna turn on each other are they gonna make it to where they are gonna you know they're aiming for so they can escape with the loot do you know do you want to do you want them to and um again it's like it's like keith was saying it's a very small cast really um, the opening scenes are, are fantastic there's some great um just action scenes of, of, of the bank robbery, our post the bank robbery with all the public and the police and everything going crazy. Um, and so there's lots of moments of tension. Um, this film just ticked all the boxes. It was a great cracking sort of yarn. I love the acting. I love the way it was shot and the way it looked. um And it had that, had a glossy sheen, but it had that Euro glossy sheen. If you've ever seen Mez or, or, you know, any of the Leon films, things like that, it just looked like it was, uh, it was a really good story with a really good budget and it made by filmmakers that knew what they're doing. Um, So I'd say it's more of a horror, but it's a crime thing with horror, uh, tiny bits of horror or violence. There's certainly violence in it. Yeah. Um but um I did I do, I like the grittiness and I like crime esque um violent films and uh, it's more of that genre but it, it's a bit like a bit like the um the horseman, gritty and very well made, but not necessarily, you know, goose, ghosts and goblins and people having their heads torn off by zombies. It's not that sort of horror film, but it totally deserved an audience like the girl with the dragon tattoo. That's not really a horror film per se, although there, you could say that any event with horrific violence in is a horror film. So, um, that film, I came out of that film and I was like, yeah, that, that kicked ass. And I really enjoyed the payoff. Um, and, and the layers that they, they put down in the film. So I was totally satisfied and everything made sense. And, It was just a cracking, well-made movie.
0: Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm glad I bumped into you guys before uh, seeing this one, because the screen I was in, it was the last film of the night, and I was going to give it a miss, but uh, I was very glad I stayed. And I have to say, out of all the films shown there, it had the best um, opening title sequence. Yeah.
3: Mm. Oh, it was very. Yeah, I mean, almost like, that was very yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was very slick. I mean, the way it was set up at the beginning uh, was very slick and stylish. It was almost like a sort of Michael Mann type uh, yeah. crime film. And uh, no, I, I agree entirely with you. I, I, I this was right up my alley. I really enjoyed this, and it was slick, and it had a. It had a nice payoff and it was an interesting journey. And also there is something sometimes very enjoyable about watching, um, if you like, foreign or or non-Hollywood films where, you know, you don't know because it hasn't got, you know, recognisable actors in it, you know, or Tom Cruise or whatever. You don't know exactly who's going to be the hero and what's going to happen. It reminded me kind of... uh, there was a film um, a few years back, that film Headhunters, based on
1: the, uh, yeah, the Joan film. Uh,
3: Nesbo yeah. film. Yeah, and mm. it was it was kind of, um, it, you know, that was a really enjoyable ride because you had no idea where it was going. And um,
1: this, this, in yeah. many
3: respects, reminded me of that. And I think um, that's
1: the attraction, uh, Keith, is that with foreign films for me, I watch a lot of Indonesian and Asian films, And it's just the fact, totally, you you don't know what to expect. And sometimes you think they go off, they're a bit wild in the tangents. They're not really. They're just, you you just don't know who's who's who. Yeah, Uh, exactly. And and you get a bit of a cultural flavour of these films as well. Um, so that's, that's, that's why I'm not one of these people's, you know, some people which amazes me. They go, as soon as there's subtitles, they switch off. Maybe they can't fucking read, but it's like, <laughs> yeah, that always uh, confuses me why someone would not want to watch a film that is very well made and, and really slick um, just because of some t- subtitle issues. Yeah. I know what you mean. So 10 out of 10 for me on that one. Um And, you know, easily on an equal standing with landmine goes click you know i mean we all had to choose a different one so for me that was a real highlight of the festival yeah well i'm glad you chose it because uh you know
3: i agree entirely with you on this one um what did you guys think
0: well i, I really enjoyed it as well and uh, you know i think it is it's definitely one of my picks from the festival uh, i really enjoyed it
2: clive uh, i i also really enjoyed it i i liked not just the sort of uh, slickness of it. And the, I mean, it is a very violent crime film. It's not like sort of like, uh, like, like, the, you know, people get shot and then they fall down. I mean, there's blood everywhere. It's, it's gory. You know, there are gory moments. That's the bit but, I like. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and, and I like the fact that it sort of that it throws you into it sort of in media res, you know, the, the, uh, the robberies already happened and then immediately things are going wrong and it's this escalation all the time mm. and and the fact that there's this uh even though it's obviously from this sort of mario Barber inspiration it felt more like uh, like a early john carpenter like a uh sort of precinct 13 or something Definitely. like that yeah with the, especially with the way the priests uh, the, the priests the police are, are are characterized with as this sort of uh you know this force faceless, that, uh, force, this, yeah, yeah, faceless force that's just closing in and uh, and the noose tightening ever. Yeah, you know, yeah, ever more. Suspense was awesome. Yeah,
3: because yeah, I mean, I, I heard somebody say, you know, um, somebody afterwards. I don't know. <laughs> I've obviously not seen the Mario Bava film, but somebody said that it it, it literally just sort of took the title and basic premise, but it was actually quite different to that film. Um, have any of you guys seen it? I mean, it, it,
0: no, no. that's the original. No. I kind of
3: want to now. You know, yeah, absolutely. That's that's yeah. the good thing. Again, we're doing all this stuff. Is is it, it makes you go away and watch, you know, other versions and um, you know similar films and things of that nature. And uh, yeah, if if I if I happen to see that around as a a DVD or a Blu-ray um, purchase, I, I I may well go for it. I think based on yeah. based on this film.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm sure it's available through Arrow Films.
1: Quite possibly.
3: Yeah, I haven't yeah. checked, I must admit.
0: But,
1: I must uh, admit, it yeah. was quite hard choosing that one because there's another foreign language film, but I think one of you guys might have picked it. But that's one of my highlights of the fest.
0: We'll, but we'll get to that. Leads leads nicely onto my pick, <laughs> 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 which I did. I did pick the uh, the other one. Um, so my choice for movie heaven is a film called Night's Fair. Oh, yeah. Fabulous, and and this was quite a a nice surprise because this is a Monday morning film, <laughs> and you know me in Monday morning. Films. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, it's Monday afternoon for us actually. Oh,
0: that's, okay.
1: That's because the screen, Discovery screen. I don't think you can rely on the Monday morning issue now because mm. different people will have a different Monday morning film.
0: Yes. Well, yeah,
1: the, yeah, the main
2: screens, yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: Again, um, you guys saw this one before me, and you were like, Yeah, you gotta watch it, gotta see it. Uh, I did, and I really loved it. And uh, the story is it's um, about uh, an English guy who's come back to Paris to see his ex girlfriend and his mate, who um, he sort of ran out on years before. And uh, they go out, you know, out on the town. And they decide to sort of get a uh, taxi to another location and uh, they run out in the cab, they run, they run out the fair and then the cab driver then chases after them for the rest of the film. But the thing is, that's what you think the film is actually about, but it's not. It is, it is about something else. And to tell you is to ruin the surprise. Absolutely. That, because it's it's one of those surprises which changes the film totally yeah it's not just a twist it just changes the whole premise of the story and it's really well done and of course the amazing thing about it was that they came up with the concept and made the film within three months
3: i know i was massively impressed with that (laughs) when they had the q a afterwards i'm like my god that's inspiring.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, well, the other thing is, is that the actual thing that Simon is talking about was something that they actually came to arrive at after they'd shot most of the film. Yes. That's, That's the other right. incredible thing. Yeah. And for the better, really. No, I'm, Tell I'm, us something I'm... about the style and the look, Simon.
0: Um, it's, it's very much, um, style-wise, it's very much like collateral. Um, It's all digital photography, Um, but it's also got a touch of the Terminator from the fact that you never really see the cab driver's face at first. As he goes along, you get to see more and more of him, but it's it's the way he's sort of very methodical and he doesn't rush in and he does seem to be like an unstoppable force. Uh. I mean, at, at one point, I actually thought he was supernatural.
1: It looked like looked like maniac cop to me when I saw the trailer, which again the trailer is very good. Yeah, I mean they 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 say it's sort of maniac cop meets
3: taxi driver, don't they? In the in the <laughs> yeah. marketing material, which I thought was actually quite good. I mean, Clive, you actually um likened it to something, and I thought that was a really good, you know, you hit sort of hit the nail on the head. Do you want to talk a bit about that?
2: Yeah, well, I mean it. I mean it's difficult to talk about this film with, without getting into spoilers, but I will tread carefully. Um, yeah. Obviously for most of the film, it's this very slick drive. Only God forgives sort of style slasher movie really uh, set in this, uh, you know, neon drenched Parisian landscape. But then you get that turn, which then totally takes the film into a whole different uh, territory. And for me, it was, is what makes it really memorable. I mean, I thought that this is like, for me, it's like the new old boy, Uh, Ah, you know, it it just, in terms of, you know, you're following, you know, you're following what you think is, you know, happening. And then at the end, there's this, there's a, there's a big reveal. And, and also you've got these really well sort of orchestrated sort of violent scenes and just the whole, yeah, the, the way it all comes together. Uh, that, that was what it brought to mind for me. I thought the
1: Paris um, footage where they had, like, you know, a car, a really cool looking car with uh shot at night with all the lights reflecting and on the bonnet, and they, they made the car almost look like a, a character as well. Yeah, like totally. Because yeah. it was, like, you know, all the. All it was the a
3: Chrysler, of- wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It was very nice, very slick. Um, but yeah. Um, uh, again, we're not having a lot of disagreements here because because for me as well, um, you know, this, this had actually, in fact, the Monday was very strong because it actually followed. Uh, we'd had a premiere of uh, Ian Softley's latest film, Curve, uh, which was massively enjoyable. Mm. And, you know, it sort of came out of that buzzing and then straight into this one. And, uh, you know, as I said, particularly when the guys did their Q&A and, you know, they, they talked about the fact that they'd they managed to sort of turn this round. Um, you know, from concept to completion in in three months with with very little budget. and um, yeah. you know it was really inspiring because this film absolutely worked and and I totally agree with what clive said in in so much as I remember i I saw old boy, the the original old boy, not that that American remake. Um, but I saw that uh, at the um Raindance film Festival some years back when it opened. And again, I, you know, it was one of those films I wasn't really sure what to expect and I came out thoroughly satisfied with it. And, um, obviously Mm. I found, uh, you know, Spike Lee's remake disappointing because they tried to make it all sort of, um, realistic and they sort of missed the point because the reason the original worked so well was because it was very stylized and, um, (laughs) you know, so, uh, but, but yeah, uh, um, I, I thought it was also a, a very strong film and glad you got or glad you Simon picked it as um movie heaven so we all got to talk about it
0: (laughs) well that's it well I think just to sort of finish off this section is um if there's another film you could recommend what film would it be
2: um Turbo Kid Turbo
1: Kid was great yeah
3: yeah I I agree I mean Turbo Kid was one of those um not not normally my kind of thing, but I also I thought that this was so wonderfully crafted and thought through and the production design with the whole 80s thing was was really good. And that was just a, a great, you know, second film in the, the the festival. So that was that was very enjoyable.
1: Um,
0: yeah. Bait was very good. I enjoyed Bait. I thought it, yeah. it had like the best villain in it.
1: Dominic Brunt, yeah, that was very good. Oh yeah, yeah, it was, was very, superb. it was very surprising.
3: Yeah, very surprising because you know you you're kind of thinking, oh my God, is this going to be Emmerdale? Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Emadell with violence or something? But it was, uh, it was
1: good. I also liked,
3: um, I have to say, I, I enjoyed the reimagining of Frankenstein.
2: Uh, I nearly fell asleep in that one. Did you? Yeah, no, I, I missed no, that one. I, I'd agree with you there, Keith. I thought that was it. It had a really fresh take on it. Which it was is good to do, to, do, to do with changing the point of view that we view the story through. So.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I, they, they, I all the it was beats good, definitely. All the beats were completely from Mary Shelley's, you know, uh, story completely. But you know, I thought the idea of bringing sort of organic three D printing into it to bring it into the twenty first century was a really good. Um, yeah, you, you know, a really, really uh, interesting idea and concept, and yeah, uh, you, you know, obviously this was a bigger budget film set in contemporary Los Angeles and whatever with Danny Houston and uh, Carrie Anne Moss, but and Tony Todd. But I'm, I'm sure it all, uh, it'll probably get. that I think it's March next year. It's getting a proper theatrical release, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, think that's what they said. As I said, I just thought that it, I don't know. I was feeling it maybe because of the we saw like 25 films over the, the whole weekend it's it, it just it's just at the point of the day where it just dragged on a little bit for me in a couple of places but i do like i did like the overall idea and the guy playing the main part was who, who later i was told is some famous actor that was in twilight or something so i but obviously uh, I
2: Xavier, Xavier samuel yeah, yeah i know, I know uh, simon
1: also, is familiar with that but i'm not
2: he's also in a really uh, great horror movie called the loved ones which, oh, uh, was, God,
0: yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I didn't realise it was is a,
2: Which is another Frightfest uh, treat from a few years back. Yeah, that was really good. I, I'll
3: tell you another surprise. I mean, I, I, I appreciated this because you could really feel the love that had gone into it from the filmmakers was uh, Deathgasm, which I wasn't yes. sure I'd like, but I actually thoroughly enjoyed.
0: <laughs> oh, and I heard about that one. I thought this was going to be a real blast. And uh, it was, it was, it, it, it sort of, it really sort of fulfilled the promise that it was offering. You it know? was
1: superb actually, Deathgasm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, So, so, so hard to make a decent it's comedy. Uh,
2: so, I was, I was going to ask Mike, uh, what did you think as a, as a metal fan, like watching Deathgasm? Because obviously, yeah. it's all about. Yeah, it's that.
1: hilarious. It's hilarious. There's lots of um, in jokes and and things about being in a band and all those sorts of hilarious, all the hilarity and all the all the crap you do when you're in a band, Um so it was great. And they like were they New Zealand or something? They had a really they good. Were they, yeah. Yeah, I think again that adds lends it a different sort of vibe, really. Being a, a rather an American, you know, Wayne's World take on on the <laughs> genre. I thought that it was it was very well done. And I, I as again, as a late night film, I had a blast.
3: I, I know another one you and I both like, Mike, was Shut In. Shutting Which was, was surprise,
1: that. That was definitely it? that was nearly my um movie heaven because I I thought that was a very um again surprising twist and um and in yeah you know, I quite I find it quite interesting when they do these horror movies about someone's psychosis where they're for one reason or another they've got some issues and um. And how, what happens when they're then brought together with, you know, humanity or, or the outside world and, and what happens with, you know, I mean, you could say the same of like psycho that's the same thing, you know, what happens when someone that's a bit, bit doolally comes and meets, you know, the, the, the real world. Um, so I think that the theme was good and the actress in that was superb, really good. yeah, And, yeah. um, that's definitely a film i would say that even though it hasn't made our movie he- heaven it, it's definitely up there with the best of them and the other one was the christmas film i think that was the uh... <laughs> <laughs> who's but who's chosen
0: that No, <laughs> nobody's chosen right. that no no i was just i was going to say we'll, we'll move it on because otherwise i think we could go through the whole program well we that's could.
1: good it that's was good. strong it wasn't
3: it yeah it
0: was strong yeah, it was very strong yeah it was very strong. Yeah. But we we have to we have to move on to the the poor ones now, the ones we didn't like, yeah. the ones we thought weren't great. So, um, yes, Clive, um, what was your pick for Movie Hell?
2: My pick for Movie Hell. Uh, well, you know, I've said I think it's a really strong festival, and uh, there, there wasn't anything I really hated. There were there were a few films I just I, I thought were below average and or had problems. So, but my pick for Movie Hell is Tales of Halloween, which is the <laughs> big closing night gala film. Um, it's a... Uh, it's Controversial. A antho- it's mm, an anthology yeah. film. I, I, I know, you know, there were quite a few people that actually really enjoyed this one. and um, I did. A fair yeah, play me being it. one. Yeah, but, no, um, I thought it was all right. Well, I didn't, so <laughs> there we go. Um, <laughs> no, it, it, I mean, it, it, it's almost sort of, it almost feels a bit banal to say, with an anthology film that it's you know especially one with it where you got in this case eleven different directors that it's going to be a mixed bag it's going to be a bit of a uh, curate's egg you know only ever be good in parts but I not you know I just maybe I was just tired because it was it was Monday and it was the last film but it just it all it just did uh, it didn't really work for me I mean I will I will stay on the positive and sort of pick out three of the stories which I thought were really good. Um, the uh, there was it was one directed by Darren Lynn Bozeman called The Night Billy Raised Hell.
0: Oh, that one was brilliant. That was my favourite. Which
2: is which is which may be the best one. Uh, I really yeah. like Lucky McKee one called Ding Dong. Uh, stuck I thought with, that was with, shit. with like Paulie Allen MacIntosh in. Well, I really liked <laughs> it, Mike. Um, <laughs> and, 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 uh, and, there, and there's one uh, called The Ransom of Rusty Rex uh by uh, directed by Ryan Shifrin with a nice uh, cameo from uh, uh, John Landis. Um, yeah, yeah, that know, was
0: that was quite fun. Which was which quite was quite fun. fun. You know, and, and yeah.
2: there were there, the others were, were okay. I mean, it just it it just it, it for me it had a feeling of like a, a group of like pals have got together and they've made it and they've made a horror movie and it just uh, some parts just felt a little bit lazy maybe I mean, it doesn't it doesn't help that there's already a great uh, and I mean great yeah. like Halloween themed uh, anthology movie called Trick Our Treat. Oh, amazing. Yeah. You know,
1: so. Well, I think the Christmas film really knocked it, really put it in its place, really, didn't
0: it? It did. Yeah.
1: Christmas well, I, Horror I, Story. I,
2: I, I never got to see that one. So I'm really oh, looking forward
0: that checking that out. Oh,
1: that was one of the best films but, um... in the festival, I reckon.
3: William
0: Shatner as a DJ,
3: who could go wrong?
0: (laughs) And it it is just the ending worked really well. I mean, it was that was that was the thing that sort of you know you came out going bloody hell, that was really good because there were some parts of that Christmas story that didn't work, and there was others that it it worked really well. But the ending did just knocked it out of the park. So you know, when it comes to tales of Halloween, they were kind of like it was very feeble in comparison.
2: I agree. But I didn't get to see that one, but I mean, for me, it's just, I think some of it, it's just a lot of the humour was just falling flat for me and it was, um, uh, it it, it felt like a lot of pandering, like, oh look, here's another name cameo, here's another sort of winky moment. I mean, you know, it's nice to see Adrian Barbeau sort of crop up. Oh, what uh, are we going to say then? (laughs) uh, Doing a Stevie Wayne type DJ from the Fog. Sort of winking uh, bit which sort of links things together with a VO, but it, it's it wasn't helped that I thought this had a had a really ropey looking title sequence. Um,
0: <laughs> what the, <laughs> yeah, it, it was not it was, it great. It, was it, it? It's, it's supposed to be like a sort of pop up book,
2: but the way it was done in this sort of CG animation, it just it it, it didn't look very nice, which didn't help. Um, and the way she pops up, it reminded me of. Um, uh, the the sort of the infamous sort of Doctor Who children need special dimensions in time.
3: Yeah, we t- we had to we had to fucking bring fucking Doctor Who into it,
2: didn't we? <laughs> no, no. It, it, it's just a, suffice to say that there were things in it which which made me sort of go, ah, oh, that's a shame, because th- there are really good parts in this. So I'm not f- completely throwing the film under the bus because I think it's you know it has some some. More?
1: film that you actually just out of interest, what was the film that you saw when you didn't see the Christmas one?
2: I'd, I'd have to go back and, uh, and and look at. I just what, wonder whether it was
1: worth or...
2: it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I mean,
3: I have to say, yeah. I was surprised by. I, I remember at the end of uh, this Tales from Halloween, I sort of looked at you and said, "Oh, you know, I really enjoyed that." And I was actually, and you went, "God, I thought it was awful." And I, and I was really quite surprised by that reaction because. I thought, well, you know, the whole point of this, the way I saw it, was they were trying to homage something like, sort of, tales from the crypt or whatever from the 80s. You know, it had that, it had that feel, and I thought they they accomplished that quite well. The only thing I think they may have done uh, that wasn't smart was I, I think maybe 11 stories was a tad too many. Yeah.
1: You know, yeah. For
2: this
3: anthology, it's, it's, but I, I actually... it's,
2: it's 10 stories, Keith.
3: Or ten stories plus the joiner or whatever, yeah. But um, you, you, you know, it, it, I thought it's—I uh, actually I th- rather enjoyed it. I have to say, I yeah. thought it was a nice one to end on.
1: I like that, those eh? sort of films, and I think there's a personally—I I saw a lot more ropier stuff than that. It inspi-
3: but I thought I ended up thinking to myself, "This is what we should all do. We should all, you <laughs> know, <laughs> direct, uh, uh, you know."
0: But, but, let's get let's a, let's a
2: bit title short. sequence. <laughs>
0: tales,
2: from the, tales from the crapper. Uh, well, maybe we, we should.
0: So, I know, Clive. We, we've got an anthology script. We could sell it to them, <laughs> couldn't we? Yes, we have. <laughs>
2: um, no, I mean, look, I, I really wanted it to be good. I like a lot of the filmmakers involved. And um, yeah, it just it didn't work for me. So yeah, yeah. I guess moving Fair on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> which um which
2: one did Neil Marshall direct? Is that of interest? Because he he directed the the last the last one the bad seed one with the uh, uh one where Joe Dante pops up at the end. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: was it that one? I was thought it the, it was the one where he no, I thought it was the one with the two neighbors fighting each other.
2: Yeah, no, that's this means war. That was that that was by the, the sort of the the co-directors uh, Andrew Cash and John.
0: Skip, I'm sh- oh okay. I thought well. I didn't figure that the oh right. no, it, it, it it
2: was it was the pumpkin one, as Keith says.
0: Oh right. okay.
2: If you guys had, were <laughs> fright fresh
1: programming, which film out of the best ones we saw would you say that deserves to be the closing night film? Just as a little idea.
0: Mm. Um. <laughs> That's. I would have. I don't know. Oh, I think oh. I might have ended with Defgasm.
1: I might have done the Christmas one, you know. Mm.
0: But well, the
1: Christmas one had that
3: eighties anthology feel as well, didn't it? I mean, it was just—it was just they'd intertwine
1: the but stories better.
3: It, so, it was just more interesting.
2: But that, that, did that, that also just had the one director? Am I right in saying that?
1: Yeah, it, but it, had, it had three uh, three stories, no, three, but they it? intertwined them. They intertwined. They kept going back to the three stories, so one story would would last almost the whole length of the film. But then they'd cut intercut it with the other. Uh, story so it's quite it was, quite, yeah, it it wasn't was three just,
0: directors it was three directors it wasn't
1: yeah. reeling them off which was very good as well really
0: I think because that was one of the problems with Tales of Halloween was that it, some of the stories would just end wouldn't it you didn't there wasn't really much of a payoff and it just it would stop and then it, then you move on to the next one while at least with the Christmas horror story they, they all had a really good payoff especially the final story and
3: it had Shatner in it It's going to be fucking brilliant if it's got Shatner in it.
1: Come on. I didn't know you were that obsessed with him, Keith.
3: Shatner's the man. Are you kidding? The Shat. He's brilliant. Love him.
1: Have you had a Shat lately?
0: (laughs) Okay. Um, Keith, what was your pick for Movie Hell? Oh,
3: shit. Okay. Um, Yeah, mine was... Oh, Shat. Yeah, oh, Shat. There you go. Nice join. Um, Mine was the was the first movie on the second day which was called hellions yeah it was a canadian um film it had robert patrick in it was the kind of uh, you know cameo by the if you like the big name um now i'm not aware of I, i've not seen it but there was a film called pontypool that this director bruce mcdonald did previously which i've heard is rather good
0: yeah, yeah, this is yes. this is why this film was kind of really disappointing is because uh Pontypool is amazing, especially for the fact that it's very low budget and everything is uh from a radio station so you you're they're reporting on it. They're hearing reports about what's happening. And it was oh, that film was was brilliant and then this was kind of a letdown. Yeah, it
3: was. I mean, it was you know, essentially it's about a um this teenage girl who's 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 discovered she's um you know and she wants to reveal the news to her mum and all this sort of thing but it all obviously takes place over halloween and um you know she's dressed up in an angel costume during this and uh these sort of monster pumpkin head type trick or treaters come round. um and with intentions of sort of stealing her her unborn child and turning it into a devil or something. And I have to admit, I struggled, you know, this was the only film of the entire festival. And I watched, you know, all of the films every day, you know, 25 films or whatever it was. And this was the only one that I struggled to stay awake in. And uh, it was a early, you know, it was a morning film. It wasn't even a late night one. And I, I just, I don't know. You know, the the whole Robert Patrick thing just felt like a a winky thing. He didn't seem to, you know, have a really involved character or part in it. And I don't know, maybe I'm being unfair. I don't know. But I just for me, it was just the obvious. Well, after I'd seen what you guys picked for movie hell, which uh, there were a couple in there that I definitely agreed with. But then this one seemed like the. uh, the next obvious choice and i just didn't think it worked very well and i'm even struggling to tell you what it's about because i really wasn't that interested i found my mind wandering and it hasn't it hasn't stayed in my head at all really so uh like no i wasn't I very impressed
1: film, this. and i said what a pile of shit and this norwegian <laughs> fright fest oh, you
0: mean a pile of shit yeah this
1: this, this norwegian fright fest go made uh, friends with. He's, he runs a festival in Norway. He's quite it because it um, you know, it, uh, it's something to do with Norse mytholo- mythology or something. I'm not quite sure what he was talking no, about is it? really. Yeah, lovely guy but...
3: Uh, I, I, I found it weird to follow. I mean you know, it starts off very sort of you know, photorealistic in a natural setting and all this sort of thing but then it kind of goes into this um, you know, bleached out Sort of dream world, but I couldn't really figure out whether that was just in her head or whether the whole pl- pl- planet had gone like this. And if so, why <clears throat> was no one commented on it? it. Yeah, it I, 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 I don't know. Was moon, yeah. it? Is that what it was? I was yeah. just kind of, I don't know. I was just kind of indifferent about this whole thing, really. I was like, oh. yeah,
0: I mean, the, it did have kind of a feel that maybe it was like she was on a sort of some sort of acid trip or she was. Like a dream or something like that, because yeah, they they would they did this sort of day for night where the sky was pink,
1: yeah, yeah, that looked really uh, but shit.
0: yeah, yeah, but I mean, the thing was, when Robert Patrick turned up, he didn't bat an eyelid, did no, he? exactly, that's he didn't what go, I mean.
1: So,
3: I was, I was yeah. kind of unclear as to exactly what was going on, and I, I just wasn't, it didn't engage me. This is the problem with it, I just, mm-hmm. I just really. You know, whereas a lot of films during this festival were really engaging and really interesting, and you know, even if it wasn't, you know, there were some that weren't my normal thing, but I really appreciated them and bought into them. This one I, I just struggled to like, really. Um, yeah, I was nearly it, falling asleep in that one as well. Yeah, yeah, it was just like, um, it was just very, for me, just very average and forgettable. And as you can see, I've, I've, pretty much forgotten what happened in it so uh, i mean it had an interesting poster you had the girl you know in the um, angel costume holding a shotgun rifle uh you, you, you know but i i don't know i i personally um this this was this was my pick for hell because it, it didn't really interest or inspire me particularly i totally agree
2: keith I'm with you on that. What one. did
0: you think, Clive?
2: Um, I, I didn't hate this one. Um I, I know <laughs> I, I know obviously you do, Keith. Um I, I it didn't it wasn't a completely successful film, but I thought there's some it's difficult to talk about about the bits I think are most interesting without spoiling it, so I'll keep uh, I'll tread carefully again. But um I think there's some really strong images. I like all the sort of that there's this whole thing where she's been carried through a pumpkin field. Um and and they sort of try and they tie in this sort of this there's all this different Halloween imagery. Um, I, I thought they were, I I like that he was he was, you know, the, the director was really going for sort of. He, he was quite he was quite ambitious with what he was trying to achieve on what was clearly a very very low budget, and um, it's just a shame that it sort of, after the sort of it goes into let's call it the pink sky section. It start, it it sort of meanders a bit, and and loses a bit of focus and it lost me a little bit there i'll admit but i think there's enough good stuff in there to make it maybe worth a watch if you're a fan of the director's work but it's it's not you know it's not it wasn't one of the best films the festival but equally yeah. you know uh, i th- I, th- I thought it was it was okay
3: well, we, you raise an interesting point there, Clive? And one thing I, I do want to say, sort of generally, is we, we spoke about how it was a very strong year this year, and and that was the thing. Even the films, even the weaker films, um, this one included, and there were a few where um, I didn't totally hate the film, but there was something about a few of the films didn't quite work. I felt this way about a few of them where. That they, they were quite interesting, they were quite well made, but there was just something about them that didn't quite work. And a lot of it, as I said, there were a lot of films in this festival that seemed to be, it seemed to be very vogue to halfway through the the second act to take a bit of a 180 um, from where you think it's going. And and it worked for some films, some of the ones we've already mentioned were fantastic, but then there were other films that it did that which it didn't, I didn't quite buy, you know. Uh, I know there were there were a couple of films um, on the, I think it was the last day perhaps, um, or the second from last day where, uh, y- y- you know, they were very good. There were some great concepts, but it it, it just didn't quite um, work. I'm trying to, they're not springing to mind at the moment, but there were definitely well, a couple
0: I felt. F-
1: Felt that,
3: but way Keith,
0: it. I think that's a good place to um, you know, ask Mike what his uh pick for movie Hell is.
1: My choice for movie Hell is a film that was big up. I talked to someone in the Phoenix the night before, it was a female, and, but um, she said, Oh, yeah, I've seen these films. Oh, the one to watch is called Some Kind of Hate. And I thought, Oh, okay, well, at least it's not like. Stuart Wright telling me it's a good film, because if he tells me it's a good film, it's normally a load of old shit. So I thought... Uh, oh. and, and it's, and,
2: uh, this was one of his films at the festival, wasn't it, Mike?
1: So that speaks volumes about his northern temperament and his uh, taste.
2: No offence, so... Stuart Wright. No, no, no
0: offence, Stuart. We yeah. like you, Stuart. I, I,
2: I find it, it, it. I tend to Stuart. agree with him more than disagree right. with him. So. Stuart, me and
1: Stuart, we know each other. Okay, we love, we love to have this banter. Um, just ask him about like what you I me. think. Yeah, just ask him what I think about left-handed guitarists. Anyway, um, <laughs> so <laughs> I went and saw this film. And to give you a synopsis, it's an angsty teenager that has a bit of trouble at school. And he, he, he fights against the bully. And he gets sent to this, what looks like a teenage, teenagers in trouble, refuge, religious typey commune in the middle of the desert somewhere. Um, and the basic thrust of the story is that his his anger at certain things that then happen when they're up there, when he's being picked on and all this sort of stuff, uh, apart from the fact some fit bird finds him interesting because he's, you know, he's, he's interesting. He looks sort of, you know what's the word goth very goth and all the rest of it so she's sort of who's probably the fittest one of the fittest women in the film apart from the, the other. Well, they were a instructor captain. yeah i yeah. know i'm sure you'll talk about that <laughs> but and then what it does the idea is that there's a ghost of someone who's been wronged uh, You see, like something at the beginning of the film which is a bit like a, a clue as to this event that happened and without spoiling too much, his angst and his anger sort of is tapped into by this this mysterious thing um, and uh, this spirit. And then the film is, you know, follows very, very similar tropes as far as I'm concerned. And it definitely is like a by the numbers um, movie. Um, so. Uh, I think Kyle's coming in the room so I'm just I'm just going to go in the other room for a second while he's in here. Um, and the sad so. the sad
3: thing is we actually missed the hallow to see this film. It was yeah. on at the same time
1: as that. We halo. missed the film and I was expecting quite a lot from it and all I got was and the director came on the stage bless him he was in he thought he's a rock star jumping around making lots of noise which is always a bad sign. Uh, in his leather jacket trying to make himself look 10 years younger um, you know with a t-shirt and a tan and a bit of a hairy chest showing um, but you know to be fair you know he's made a film and everything but it just didn't do anything for me whatsoever it was like the biggest letdown on the festival and not only that the 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 thing that's in the film is like a low rent fucking Freddy Krueger, as far as I'm concerned. And mm. the, the thing, the thing had no suspense. It didn't scare me. I didn't find the main thing that you're meant to be scared of frightening or scary. And I thought this, stig- the, like the practical gore effects, were really shit. Um, so nothing, none of it was convincing. I didn't find the 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 entity or whatever you want to call it, the the, the antagonist creature or whatever is in this film that you, if you if you do watch it. Scary, and it left me totally feeling. What was that? Well, that? Apart from there's a couple of fit women in it, so um, I don't know what you guys think, but uh, I thought it was overrated, very overrated. And I don't know, maybe people read too much into it. I just thought it, I've seen a lot better films than that, that that deal with that subject matter, and you know, you got It Follows and and things like that, which uh which are more impressive and more interesting and more creative. And I didn't think it looked particularly good either.
0: Well, for me, I think the problem was that, I mean, the director came on stage and he said, well, what I wanted to make was like a, you know, like a Freddy Krueger or a Carrie White kind of film. And the problem was that he introduces his villain halfway through the film. Mm, yeah. Now those films, you had the villain from the very beginning and they're actually scary, you know, Either you, with Kerry White, you're either following them, yeah. you know, and you feel sympathy for. There's them. no
2: threat or or scare. No. You,
0: in this film. So, so, no, so guys, I all. mean,
2: I didn't watch this film, obviously, but uh, you're I, lucky. My, my question is: so that slow build-up didn't give you a, a chance to sort of get to know the main character and feel for him, and I mean, in say, a, in say, like a way like Wolf Creek does. So you, you get, know, you get flashbacks build before, to start, before anything happens. But...
0: Let me answer that. the The thing is, it sets it up as another kind of film. Yeah, it sets it up that this guy is gonna because they, they keep um, pushing his buttons because they want a reaction. And it did look like from the from the very f- beginning that he was gonna explode and he was gonna be the guy who's gonna do all the killing. And then halfway through, this he meets this. They're calling the kindred spirits. We don't want to give too
1: much away, this time, do we? No, no, no.
0: But I'm just saying, he, you know, and then, and then it stops being about him and more about this spirit, this creature that's going around killing the people, and it just, I was enjoying the first story, I was enjoying the first half, and then once it changed, then it's when it it lost it for me. Yeah,
3: I mean, you you know, (laughs) for me, for for me, this this film was. I think it had some real pacing and issues. I mean, it was incredibly slow to get going, incredibly slow. And uh, like you said, I I think, you know, the director was there, this guy, Adam Egypt Mortimer, who was, uh, you know, I give him an absolute, you know, he's passionate and enthusiastic, uh, but also massively sort of full of himself. And even though he had some of the cast and crew with him, you know in the Q&A they didn't really get a word in edgeways um cuz he was so you know uh, enthusiastic about this but he kind of set it up as a feminist slasher movie and wanted this sort of female freddy Krueger type character but as simon absolutely correctly said um you, you you know this this is not introduced to quite late in the film um and it's also not very effective or particularly scary it's it's a it's a it's a cute looking girl with a few razor blades around her neck, you know, and uh, yeah, you've got a couple of hotties in it and whatever running around in Daisy Dukes um, type, type shorts and what and, and things. But, it, it, it you know, it was really slow to get going. Um, it had some good points, definitely. But structurally, I, I just don't think it quite worked overall. And uh, I'd come out wishing I'd seen the hallow instead which you know isn't a great review I suppose I wish I watched another movie but <laughs> um yeah it, it, it was you know I probably didn't hate it to the same level that Mike did but um, some kind
1: of shite I called it yeah
3: I know I know you were very scathing about it from the from
1: the moment we came out but if it, if it wasn't you know, big up by someone and saying oh it's great it's amazing blah 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 then fair enough but it was just so mediocre
0: all right, well, it just leaves me to uh, talk about my pick for Movie Hell, <laughs> and uh, yes, well, um, over the years we've had some very strong opening uh, films at Fright Fest. Yeah, uh, like unfortunately, even yay, <laughs> <laughs> and we've had
2: some weak ones as well.
0: <laughs> yes, we've had some weak ones, and I have to say this year's one was probably the weakest, in my humble opinion. And uh, my pick is Cherry Tree. Yeah.
3: an Irish yeah. film, wasn't it? I
0: believe. Yes. Um Well, the the story is um that there's this coven of witches and they make a deal with this young girl to save her her father who's dying from cancer. And of course, um things don't kind of work out. <laughs> I think that's the sort of the basic you can talk about it
1: uh there's lots of creepy crawlies in it for some reason isn't
0: there yeah lots there was a lot of centipedes in it and uh cherries i think there was a lot of lots of shots of cherries and cherry trees and
1: Mm. (laughs) yeah there was
0: i think for me why i didn't like it was i just I, i the script wise it felt like it just needed another rewrite you know it felt like they'd rushed into production with it because there's this stuff in it that didn't make sense or people's reactions to stuff like uh, okay there's a little bit of a spoiler but i just i think i just have to say is that the girl has gets pregnant and it's a very fast pregnancy but yet her best friend doesn't you know bat an eyelid at this you know (laughs) (laughs) you know her pregnancy has only taken a matter of you know i Was it weeks or even just a couple of months? It was certainly wasn't nine months. Yeah. And she doesn't bat an eyelid, doesn't say comment on it at all. And um, yeah. And this is the fact that, um, you know, these witches, uh, they they sort of make out that they've been around for quite a while. And uh, yet they couldn't have found somebody else to be the chosen one. There was nothing there saying why this girl could be the only one you know mm-hmm. i'm sure i'm sure there was other situations where they could have found another girl to do this but why it was just this girl didn't make any sense
3: yeah No, i i uh, I, I didn't enjoy this as an opening film either i thought it uh, you know i appreciated it was it was a low budget horror and um but it, it, yeah it, it wasn't particularly uh, and again we can't spoil it but the the actual uh beat and was pathetic i thought <laughs> actually um
0: yeah yeah i mean the stuff with the boyfriend as well was 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 kind of hilarious especially near the end
3: yeah i mean thank god turbo kid was the second film otherwise we'd have really been given up right they should have opened the festival with turbo kid
0: <laughs> yeah but i think because there was nobody from that film at the at the festival yeah this is the thing i with an opening film you 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 want guests, you want the people to be there so i think with i mean though yeah turbo kid would have been a better film i still haven't seen it that was one i missed turbo kid was top notch it was very good yeah, yeah very nice it was, it was
3: but, great. yeah it
0: would have been a it would have been a better film to open the festival with then say cherry tree or maybe
3: they should have chosen as she was the guest of honor one of the barbara crampton films which interestingly we haven't we haven't picked any of those um
1: well one of them was very good i thought yeah yeah exactly we're Um, still here that was quite good
0: yeah i don't know i don't know what it was but i i seem to have missed all of them right all the films she was in i missed yeah (laughs) well i got
1: her autograph she signed my um uh my blu-ray cover <laughs> that's the main thing i want Did she sign background. your tongue? Did she sign your tongue? No. Uh yeah. <laughs> With the inside of her thigh. Oh dear, you went back. <laughs> okay.
0: Um um so Clive what did you think of Cherry Tree?
2: I, I I thought it was poor. I mean, this might have been my movie hell if it if it hadn't already been picked. Um mm. it, it's Yeah, it doesn't it didn't really work. Uh I, I saw i i admired its ambition i thought it considering its budget it really went for it and it tried to sort of have a sort of faulty stroke Argento-esque sort of uh like bonkers conclusion and but it didn't it just didn't have the chops to pull it off sadly and hmm. I, I i'd agree that it because you know there were a lot it kept throwing in all all this sort of rich symbolism and imagery but there was never a sense that that there was a sort of guiding idea behind this it was more like this will be a cool visual thing um and the i i I, the villain was a bit one note uh it was you know there was there was no there was very little ambiguity once you got past the 10 minute mark you know it was like it it was like everyone was evil um
0: oh that's right and you know
2: but I, I saw I, I sort of enjoyed parts of it it was it was very broad but yeah it was it was pretty uneven so yeah it didn't didn't work for me
0: there was a couple of bits where you were like uh, i don't think girl. i mean because it's all set in a school but yet all the girls there are you know in their 20s <laughs> yeah <laughs> very much Big so size. Were, so so then, when you sort of like see them showering together all naked, it's like, uh... that's great.
2: That, that that was, that felt really voyeuristic that scene, especially as they're all supposed to be um, 15. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome.
0: But clearly all in their 20s. Well,
2: well, well he was trying to do
3: his de Palma, but not pulling it off, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah.
3: You know, that's, uh, yeah, I don't know. It wasn't a great one to start with. Um, but the nice thing was it got, Stronger, so
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, what do you reckon, guys? Do you reckon that like the opening and closing film of Fright Fest should be strong?
1: um I think you need to kick it off with a bang. You know, they could have that. You need to have something which gets everyone in the mood. Oh, this is going to be a good festival. Not start it off on a fucking sour note with like a with with something you know that's you know a bit weak. Really, I think you need to start off with a fairly good cracker movie because otherwise, you know, there's no kudos to be in the opening film. If all, if if you just think, oh, we don't give a shit, they're just gonna be mediocre and we'll put it up there if we get a world premiere, you know.
2: Well, it, look, no one, no one wants to sit down and watch rubbish movies, do they? They're, no, of course you know, not. No, you're not going to put your hand up and say, you know what, I really think the opening film should be rubbish, but. I think there's something to be said with if you have the best film of the festival as the opening film, then everything afterwards is going to feel a bit of an anti-climax. So. Um, yeah,
0: I mean, like, a, a you know, as I said, Def Gasm would have been a good film to start. I mean, one year we had yeah. uh, Black Sheep open the festival. A, and that was, yeah. that was a great opening. That was a great opening.
3: What did you guys think of James Wan's demonic rubbish? Did you?
0: Uh, I, thought right. I thought it was all right i thought it was
2: rubbish uh, i i've I started <laughs> drifting off in that one i thought no, it, it was it was it was very by the numbers i it, it was yeah. a candidate for hell for me it was, it was yeah like, not i good. Wow. I okay. thought that james
1: won he didn't make it so he just put he, his he, yeah he
2: just presented it, presented it, was, it yeah. yeah i, I was disappointed because uh, i've liked frank grillo in the purge movie scenes that, and yeah. stuff he's done but um yeah. And, and maria Bello as well in in many good stuff but she's wonderful uh, yeah. she is uh, and you know and, and they, they do they do their this, but it's just it just felt all felt a bit plodding
1: yeah they try to do
2: this super twist thing in you know
1: and in the inter- they, they have it police procedural i thought they did it much better in that other one with eric banner you know that police procedural voodoo possession film I thought that was
3: oh deliver us from evil or whatever yeah
1: I I've not that. I've not seen that is that good is that worth that, a what well it's okay it's not it's not yeah you know, don't don't build it up too much but it it's better than demonic that's oh, so. Scott that's
2: Scott Derrickson isn't it director of Sinister
1: yes yeah he's great yeah yeah so I I, I enjoyed that police procedural mixed blend with you know demonic shit so oh. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, that's what I quite liked about *Demonic* was the the combination of those two. Yeah. I thought that I thought that kind of worked really well. well I, you know,
1: I've seen the other one, so uh, in my yeah, you know, you know, not to say that my opinion is the one, but uh, what I'm saying is, I think that you would really enjoy if you enjoyed *Demonic*, you'd really enjoy that. Okay.
0: Definitely. Oh, well, def- def- yeah, no, I
3: want to check that out yeah. now because I I quite yeah.
2: enjoyed *Demonic*. Actually. So, yeah. uh, I mean, guys, we talked a lot about main screen films here. Did you uh, did you get out to the dis- Discovery screens at all during Fright Fest or much?
0: I saw a couple of films. I saw um, Final Girl, which I really enjoyed, which was the Abigail Breslin film with uh, Wes Bentley in it. And I thought that was really good. I thought it was very enjoyable. And I saw... Uh, Captain Kronos, Vampire Hunter. I nearly saw uh, that as well, I... didn't I, Simon? You nearly did, yeah. <laughs> you were quite surprised to see I me saw there. I was on the wrong screen. I like, why are you sitting at the back? <laughs> he said, "You got
1: everyone's got tickets, I thought. And then I saw Carolyn Munro, bless her, who's, you know. Don't go there. There, right. and um, I know Keith wanted to go there. But, uh, um, mm-hmm. yeah, so um, basically. Star crash.
0: Yeah, you sort of you you made your excuses and left and went to the proper screw.
1: what did I? Oh, what I did? I didn't I didn't go to a film. We went to a filmmaking talk thing, DIY filmmaking, and I didn't really. I, the thing is, I actually got some useful information there, even though most of it it wasn't very useful to me. But the fact is, if you get one thing that that assists you in your future filmmaking endeavors then I think it's it was worth it you know mm. so um
0: Clive you went to the DIY filmmaking how was it yeah I
2: did it's it's the first time they've done something like that and um yeah I thought it was interesting it it, it yeah. the sort of spiel in the in the sort of catalog made it sound like it was just going to be a how to crowdfund your low budget horror movie but actually it was yeah. a bit more wide ranging than that and they had yeah. a nice they had a nice range of uh of of, diff, of kind of people who. Tried different routes, which was nice. So yeah. you know, yeah. you, you, you had the Blaine brothers. Who've, uh, who had the uh, I, I didn't see their 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 film that was on. Um, Nina, forever. That Nina forever.
1: Nina yeah. forever. Yeah, I saw it. Um, um, yeah, you know, again, it's like I couldn't see what all the fuss was about. Other than the fact there's a lot of nudity in it, and um, but it was made for twenty thousand. One, th- I was going back exactly. To I
3: admired what they did. But, yeah, you know, I am obsessed
1: I with budgets and like night Just to to go back to that, was half a million euros. Apparently, is what they got for that. So they had a slightly bigger budget than the, they had for yeah. Nina Forever. So they did a great job, but again, it was very mundane in the locales. The, 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 the
3: thing I the thing I took from the filmmakers panel because I didn't really learn a great deal from it. That you know I didn't already know sort of thing. But the one one thing I thought was quite interesting was when they were talking about you know, when you're building your campaign for your crowdfunding to kind of reverse engineer it and really look yeah. at, do some research on, on you know, similar films and what the budgets of those particular films were and what they sort of made in the marketplace, yeah. whether it was video on demand or straight to
1: DVD just, or, or just whatever. Just so you get really realistic expectations of yeah. what sort of yeah. ballpark you're in because if you don't have a name then then that does downgrade the expectations of what that type of movie is is gonna do yeah
0: yeah I mean I've I mean having done research for myself and having done crowdfunding I did notice that um, there was a short film that had uh, Benedict Cumberbatch in it no way uh, fucking yeah hell. Uh, and they didn't even have to do a video it was just a picture of him and then literally all the um, you know uh, football for putting money into the film, the goodies you got were like sign photographs, meet him on the set, have your photograph taken with him. And, you know, they they raised double the amount they were looking for. So having a, a, a name in there does... Having
1: help. a cucumber patch certainly helps your film. <laughs> Indeed.
0: So was there any other films uh, you guys saw at the um, in the it, Discovery Yeah, I, I
3: went to see a film called uh, Never Let Go, which was a... Um, uh, a thriller uh, directed J. Ford, who I believe was behind the um, uh, what were they called? Those the, films? Dead.
1: the, dead, the dead, films. films. Yeah. yeah, the in- uh, okay. the Indian dead yeah, films. The, yeah.
3: the only, The only reason I went to see this is I knew the oh, I say I know I know of the um, the the lead actress in it, who uh, y- you know Alex Brunning, um, who I worked with quite a bit. Uh, she was she was the lead in 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 his first short film that he made about, well, probably about 10 years ago now, scarily. And, um, you, you know, this, this was a pretty meaty role for her. She was essentially playing the sort of action heroine, um, role, and it was kind of, you know, it was a bit, bit of a sort of low budget, um, taken type, type action thriller. But I mean, mm. it was interesting. They had the filmmakers there um talked about the genesis of it and whatever. But this was very much a, a thriller rather than a um a thriller rather than a than a horror film. I mean the horror of it was, you know, somebody takes her child basically and uh she's then spending the movie trying to um trying to to track the child down. Um and there's lots of running and and you know fight away. But you know it was quite impressive. I thought wow, you know, it's good. Uh, but other than that, I didn't. I'll be honest. I, I kind of stuck to the main screen really this
0: year. Mm. How about you, Clive
2: I, I saw quite a few Discovery Screen films, and um, I, I find that often you can you can really find some nice sort of low budget gems in there. And of the ones I saw, I mean, I, I, some of them were my favourite films of the festival. I mean. Um, the Hallow was a Discovery Screen film. Uh, I, I'd also, if you're, if you want to look at what you can do on a, on a like super low budget in terms of genre and how, and how um, original you can be with that, then I'd say look at, you need to look at Curtain, which is uh, like just this sort of surreal, crazy, bonkers movie with like this uh, just very high concept of, of, of a, a woman who moves into uh, an apartment and uh, finds that there's a portal to another dimension in, in a bathroom that keeps eating her shower curtains <laughs> um, and then goes from there. So, and, mm. and, and it's sort of, it's got this kind of, it reminded me a bit of Frank Hen and Lotta um, sort of like the basket case movies in terms of its sort of tone, which is quite sort of comedic and slightly campy in places. And that was great fun. I'd also say that they look like people was was an absolutely brilliant piece of low budget filmmaking where, where where they they concentrated more on character and it's like it was a really sort of like moving sort of look at friendship and uh, and mental issues um, where where the horror uh, come you know you're not sure whether the horror is just in the characters minds or whether it's actually something that's happening so. Where they they have almost like Donnie Darko type setup where the guy has keeps getting phone calls from a mysterious voice that's telling him that there's a war coming and that the and the aliens are taking over uh, and they look just like normal people yeah uh, so uh, yeah that, that, that those two were the big standouts and well and also uh, I've got to give a shout out to. Uh, uh, to Future Shock, the story of 2000 AD, which is already screened at London Film Festival, I think, previous year. But um, uh, if you're a fan of 2000 AD or just interested in in comics generally, it's absolutely fascinating. Got just about everyone you'd want interviewed, with the exception of Alan Moore, who uh, famously won't be interviewed about anything. Um, (laughs) So uh, it's, you know, it's just... it, just hit everything you wanted it to hit. It was stylish. She put together and, um, yeah, it, it, uh, it, it was, it was everything I, w- I would want from that documentary. And I look, f- and I hope they get a chance to do an extended cut and put even more goodies in. So, yeah. Mm. What about you, Simon?
0: Um, well, uh, the only other, f- um, thing I saw at the discovery screen was the short film showcase, uh, number two. Which uh, showed the Clemens brothers' um, surgery in, which is and, which is uh, great, which was great. It was really good, and I had uh, quite a few other good short films there. I've now the thing was for me, um, I would have rather seen those short films in front of the features than the ones they actually showed because
1: yeah, they had all these this
0: year, this year Channel they had a production company. Yeah. They had all these Channel 4 ones. A production company had gone out with a commission from channel 4 to make these and they're available on the website and so they would you know periodically put these in front of uh, the main feature and i would have rather seen maybe the the films they showed at the short film showcase uh in front of front of the films instead of those ones because um they really were kind of hit and miss weren't they these the, the these channel 4 produced shorts
1: um I thought they were not very, not very good. Basically, yeah, they didn't do anything for me at all. Absolutely. Um, do you guys know? Can
3: I ask uh, what? How do? How do the powers that be at Fright Fest? Do you know how they decide what is going to be a main screen film and what's going to be a discovery screen
2: film?
0: No idea. I I think
2: it's. Uh, I, I don't have like a hundred percent idea on this, but I believe it's to do with what is a premiere. Um, You know, is it, is it European premiere? Is it a world premiere? Is it a UK premiere? Is it sponsored by one of the uh, sponsors? Um, And who's distributing it? I think maybe, and and the mainstream films tend to have the bigger names in, but not necessarily, not, not always, but, but but pretty much. So, uh, so if they got (laughs) if they got a lot of guests coming in, and it's and they know it's going to be a popular film, then yeah, Uh,
0: yeah. But I mean, there was two films in Discovery Screen that everybody wanted to see on the main screen. That was Bite and Howl, Banjo probably as well. And yeah. But I know Bite and Howl that they sold out very quickly.
1: Well, I was going to go and see Howl, and in the end, I decided not to. Um, because it conflicted with Night Fair, and I wanted to see uh, was it some kind of hate? I, I can't remember. I can't remember what it was, but
2: yeah, How was on the same uh, was on the same time as as the Hallow and some kind of hate
1: for us. Yeah.
2: So that's another reason why I was particularly
1: pissed off was because I'd actually missed a probably a really Tim thought it was a good really What's good. What How? I don't
3: even oh, it was a werewolf film. Wow, well, the title. It was a werewolf. Werewolf on a train. Okay. I didn't, I didn't, yeah. you know, it's I didn't mean, really
1: good. Look looked really right, interesting. I? And, and I asked, I asked one of the Fright Fest organizers why it's not on the main screen. And he said, well, oh, it's just a werewolf film, isn't it? And I thought, oh, well, that's a
2: good answer. Uh, it, sometimes it, it does seem to be like uh, this is, if it's one of the organizers' favorite films of the festival, then then it will, you know, it will play the main screen, won't it?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, I think for the last day, I think every film being shown was Alan's <laughs> favourite film. <laughs> <laughs> he but, was always going up and saying, this is the best film of the festival. But, you know,
2: <laughs> if, if, if I was organising a festival, then, yeah. then I'd probably do the same. Yeah, I, I, I want I the know. films that I love to, be, to, get, the, to get the most uh, push because you know i'm passionate about them and that's
0: that's what you want. oh yeah 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 yeah. i know it's just it was it was funny that um alan came on and he introduced curved night fair emily as like the as his bet you know this is the best film of the festival and he comes on for the next film and he goes this is the best film of the festival And you're like wait a minute did you just say that
2: mm. you yeah. You're so much better than last week's audience, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Well, if you keep
2: saying it, you're going to be right eventually, aren't you? I guess. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: so, any last thoughts about the Shears Festival? I thought
1: it was good. It's really yeah. solid. Really, uh, and I and I got that sort of vibe from the programming. Really, it looked like festival the festival of old, and I think they've cracked the three screen thing. Even the ticketing, even though it was a bit of a ball ache for for Clive's um, ball band <laughs> connection, I, I thought that the way that you didn't have to then go and change it for other tickets or anything like that, it, it worked. Yeah. and the fact so, that you
3: didn't have to go and queue up at eight o'clock every morning to get your um
1: yeah, seats tell you what was well. also good was that on the Sunday they they sort of had because they had some karaoke bullshit up at some pub. And uh, that was quite nice on the Sunday just to go back and get maybe an extra night's kit, because by the the end of when you are done Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you you need an extra hour or two, maybe if you want to see that number of films, you know.
3: Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I haven't got as much um, as many years experience of Fright Fest as you guys to draw upon, but. For me, I thought it was very well organised, very enjoyable. And it was quite nice that there weren't that many sort of like big Hollywood films in the mix this time. It was kind of, um, you, you know, films from all over the world and, and some with smaller budgets. And, and I, I, you know, it was just very enjoyable. There's some really good stuff in there. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. We, and we haven't mentioned all of them, but, you know, because there are a lot. So I encourage people to maybe... Uh, Mm. Get a Rob Wicking's page and read Clive's, um, you know, uh, Devil's Dozen or whatever you've called it, because <laughs> yeah. um, because uh, you, you know there, there was a lot of good stuff in here,
1: really was. Yeah. So I think they've they've hit on a, a good format now, and um, yeah, I think that uh, it's um, it's pretty solid now. So I, I thought it was great.
2: Yeah, and I and I, I would like to add if you if you're listening to this and you're thinking. Oh man, I really wish. That sounds great, uh, but now I've got to wait another year. Every year they they run a Halloween all nighter, uh, and uh, which they'll be releasing tickets for soon. So if you fancy a taste, just a taste of what fri- what fright fest is like, then uh, uh, then uh, check out the uh, I think it's frightfest.co.uk website. And uh, or go to their Facebook page and uh, and they'll post details up there of the lineup soon. I'm sure. Yeah. Thank thank you, Alan. Oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> well, hey, look, look. I, I'm I'm a fan of the festival, so I'm I'm happy to sort of you know uh, <laughs> well, to well, give they a bit of a push. No, and they do do. Um, I remember uh, me and Clive went
3: to see. It was kind of like a one-off screening, but it was really good. Was they did it follows um a few you know you know end of last year or whenever it was and uh you, you, you know that's good that they do run these things occasionally these these screenings um and you know usually get guests along and stuff like that so if you're into all that it's always worth a worth a visit
0: definitely. that's it and then february they do fright fest glasgow as well so which is like a fright fest on a smaller scale mm.
2: Yeah, much no. more like uh, like Fright Fest as it started out in the Prince Charles. So, Which, a... interestingly enough, they actually
1: utilised the Prince Charles for the first time this year as one of the screens, didn't they? They did, they yes. Did, yeah. Which is a good idea.
0: Mm. Mm. Yeah, no, that worked did. really well. Very yeah.
1: enjoyable. Very enjoyable.
0: Well, that just leaves us to finish in our normal way. Uh, just asking everybody how we can find their works. So, uh, Mike, how can we find your work?
1: Uh, www.apocalypticconservatory.com.
0: Clive, how we can find your work?
2: You can check out my uh, podcast that I do with Rob Wicking's called "The A to Z of SFF" at the A to Z of dot com. Or uh, if you want to check out my films, uh, go onto Vimeo and uh, look for my page, Clive Ashenden.
0: Keith? Yeah,
2: go to YouTube, uh, put in British
3: Isles, Isles spelled E-Y-L-E-S, as in my family name. And uh, my short films are there for your viewing.
0: And you can find my work at independentrunnings.com. So please check out our Facebook page and give us a like. Just look for Movie Heaven, Movie Hell. We're on Twitter at Movie Heaven Hell. And uh, also uh, you can find us on YouTube if you just search Movie Heaven, Movie Hell. So that just leaves me to thank everybody for uh, for doing the podcast. Yep. Thank, you. Thank, thank
2: you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure.
0: Thank you for listening and uh, look out for our next episode. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Woo-ha-ha-ha. <laughs>